uh, March 21st, 1965, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. leads 3,200 people on the start of the third and finally successful civil rights march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. King attributes the failure of the first two marches to assigning leadership to his brother, Martin Goofus King Jr. Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a very uh, special guest for you all tonight, uh, joining us from isolation in her own apartment. <laughs> Gabby Gutierrez yeah. Reed, everyone. Woo! Hi. I actually live in a condo. That's a big Sorry. difference. <laughs> Sorry, condo. Should have yeah. said condo. All Don't shame our guest, <laughs> yeah. Brian. Don't yeah. mock her. Two neighbors on two walls. It's totally different. <laughs> this is, I think, technically the part of every podcast that is now mandated where we all talk about how we're social isolating <laughs> for the beginning of the podcast. And it's all weird. And uh, theoretically, every podcast for the next two to 18 months will start this way. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like 57 months. <laughs> It's like when you put something into Google Maps that you're like, I'm leaving in an hour. And it's like, okay, it could take 15 minutes or it could take seven years. Oh, my God. And you come back with a, like a child. Yeah. yeah. Or um, like a greatly decreased boomer population. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, opinions have left. I, I have no opinion on that. That's just a statement of the most endangered demographic. Yes. Okay, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I hope you're doing it at home. If you can, if you have to go to work, I am sorry. That's not fair at all. I hope you're all. at the gym, at the bar, at uh, spring break in Florida. Yeah, if, if that's the case. We don't negotiate with terrorists in America, and what is COVID? <laughs> oh. But a microscopic terrorist. That's right. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get you. Uh, the virus. terrorists are in your own home. <laughs> They're uh, in technically, it's a virus with no motivation or goals. <laughs> so That's yep. what I love so much. Is the people who say I'm defying the the virus? Like it it doesn't care. It it, it, no it just wants to get in your lungs. Cognizance or sentience. <laughs> it is. It's just a computer program that wants to destroy your life. <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment. Fuck cancer, but cancer is not offended. <laughs> no. You guys, nothing is working. Their feelings aren't getting hurt. <laughs> What if by saying fuck cancer, we're actually alienating cancer more instead of like bringing it onto our That's side? Surly, like, you know, like Senate Republicans. To cancer we should has caused a greater yeah. rift. We should buy cancer some lunch, um, donate to its cause, and maybe we could actually make a relationship. Let's Christmas carol this bitch. Let's Christmas <laughs> cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to Christmas with... COVID. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, we might be here till then. So there's as probably going to be a Hallmark movie. As long as the three movie. spirits stay six feet away. I don't see why not. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll learn my lessons at a distance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, listeners, what we, what we typically do on the show is each episode, we take a topic from history. One person. They go ahead and they present the uh, official version of events. You know, the ones you might see in your regular old history textbook, 
you know, FDA approved. And another person comes up with a bonkers, batshit, <laughs> off the wall, Texas history textbook, alternate history. And the winner gets to become the truth of our little terrified. <laughs> increasingly <laughs> shrinking. <laughs> increasingly shrinking, shriveling, please help us, Blue Marble. If you, um, if you tuned in last time, our episode on Werner von Braun, the alternate history uh, has won out due to a tie across the Instagram and Patreon voting. Uh, so therefore, uh, Zach breaks, Zach's vote breaks the tie, and the alternate history won out that involved Clippy somehow. I'm trying to remember it as I talk. Yeah, he made a real-life Clippy, and... Other things happened. It's been a rough two weeks. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but we're moving from one Vaughn to another. <laughs> Did uh, not plan that. Moving right a Vaughn in this oh? podcast. <laughs> hey, actually, before we get into Vaughn number two, I do want to give a shout out to Brian T uh, for his donation on Patreon, which is great and well-timed. Listeners, if you do have access to a little money. extra money right now um, and you feel like donating, that would be very helpful. But if you don't, your ears are enough. Give us your ears. Send them in the mail. Um, <laughs> fresh, not frozen, 123 Fake Street. Yeah. The hospitals don't have enough ears right now, and we really need to chip in. Yeah, donate do ears to your local to, hospital. Do we need two ears is the question I present to you. <laughs> you can live with one kidney. You could probably live with one ear. You could live with zero ears if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> or as um, most people with zero ears do, uh, as they don't want to. <laughs> but do anyway. So thank you to Brian T for your donation, which you've probably now rescinded. Um, <laughs> this episode, we're going to be talking about Dorothy Vaughn. If I remember correctly, Gabby, you're doing the actual history. Yes. Um, and we're talking about Dorothy Vaughn as in like hidden figures, NASA, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you, I'm Ooh. glad we figured this out now. <laughs> <laughs> what decided a different Dorothy Vaughn? <laughs> <laughs> Just quiet life, you know. Um, yeah. But Gabby, whenever you're ready. All right. Uh, the history of Dorothy Vaughn. I really dove in. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Okay. So, Dorothy Vaughn, uh, whose actual last name. Uh, was Johnson, so she was Dorothy Johnson before marrying. Um, many of you may know was an American mathematician and a, a human computer for mm. NASA, later known as NASA, um, at the Langley Research Center uh, in Hampton, Virginia. Um, so that's kind of this is who Dorothy Vaughn was known for. <laughs> that's the that's the. TLDR, you get yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thesis the statement of- at the uh, beginning of the paper. Now you'll repeat <laughs> it in a long form, and then at the end you'll say, "In conclusion, Dorothy Vaughn was <laughs> originally named Johnson." What? <laughs> in um, conclusion, I- "Tale of Two Cities" is a book about <laughs> revenge. I just wanted people to know that she had a different name, um, and she did end up taking her husband's name. Okay, so it was a different time. We don't, so they didn't, uh, oh, I choose 
to keep my last name because I want to be an independent woman. Yeah, I mean, a valid choice. Uh, that's the choice that worked for our family. I think a lot of Dorothy's Von <laughs> story will involve how women and people of color had less choice. They couldn't choose their bathroom or yeah. often where to work or their starter Pokemon, famously. <laughs> yeah, um, all yellow version. That's all. Yeah. She had to go with Pikachu and she had no say in it. Which sucks is the first gym is rock type. So you're anyway. It's tough, yeah. It's a <laughs> that's called ingrained disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus Christo. Uh okay. I didn't tell you when she was born, but it was on September twentieth, nineteen ten. Uh, that information uh, behind the paywall now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Dorothy was really fucking smart, you guys. Um, I don't know if you knew this, uh, <laughs> but she was basically the smartest person around everyone that she was around all the time, it seems like. Uh, she got a valedictorian in high school uh, in 1925, um, Beechhurst. I don't know any of these places because I've never been uh, to Virginia, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're mediocre, Virginia. Yeah. yeah, and probably a lot, yeah, worse than my high school experience. Um, she got a, a full. Probably. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I had problems in high school. Uh, she got a, like, a full ride uh, scholarship at West Virginia. Um, god damn it, Wilberforce University in Wilberforce, Ohio. Uh, and she graduated I with like the Ohio spin you put on when you said Ohio. <laughs> We're just having fun with state names, y'all. I'm really, I'm really selling it this time. Uh, Though she she did get a, a BA in mathematics and she, like one of her professors um, recommended to her that she should go on to get a master's degree, but um, it was like it was the Great Depression and basically everyone was struggling and especially because she was black, um, she just like everyone had to support each other, everyone had to basically take care of each other. So she. Um, decided not to get a master's degree. Um, instead, she just, um, decided to support her family and um, get a teaching job instead, which was still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that was like one of the most prestigious jobs that a black woman could get during that time. Um, but still, like she had to sacrifice her dreams for a while. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, I mean which is still the case a not small part of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, oh, and like during that entire time um everything was racially segregated under the Jim Crow laws, which is super fucked up. <laughs> that is our that is our official judgment on that. Yeah, the revisionists, uh, we can say it now. We've been holding off uh, on what we think about Jim Crow here at the revisionists. We are against. We are coming out officially against. Strongly. Strongly. Strongly, yeah. I'm going to put a strong, yeah. we'll put a uh, yeah, okay. strongly on there. 
I know uh, that your listeners have been wondering the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we were filling out one of those opinion things with uh, five bubbles, we would go <laughs> to the rightmost bubble, which is next to the negative. That's the negative side in this particular yes. survey. Negative. Yeah. Fully, fully agree or fully disagree? Which one? Fully I'm disagree. Fully, <laughs> fully disagree. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's no like somewhat in this. There's <laughs> there's no uh maybe I don't know just the middle of the road, which is how I fill out all of my surveys because I'm <laughs> terrible at making decisions. <laughs> this is an easier one, to be fair. That's true. Yeah, I'm the person that like totally ruins all of the surveys. So, like this person just didn't have an opinion. <laughs> how do I make this better? Um, <laughs> Yeah, for this particular survey, stop treating people like they're not equal is the right answer. Um, Okay, so I had like this whole arc, um, and I'm super graceful, as you guys can see. Okay, I wanted to say in 1941, um, the president, Franklin D. Roosevelt, issued um, executive order, you guys need to know the numbers, 8802 to desegregate the defense industry and executive order 9346 to end uh, racial segregation and discrimination in hiring and promotion among federal agencies and defense contractors. So basically this um, just like opened up the gates for more opportunity. Uh, World War II was happening and they were like, fuck, all the men are gone. What are we going to do? It was like the radiation girls, the women who worked in the factory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, painting watches um they were basically like oh no we have to hire black people uh and they have to be women too what that's what we call a double whammy because we're racist (laughs) and sexist you guys may not know this but that was an actual (laughs) audio recording from a time from the time that we just played there Mm -hmm. i have my wax cylinder right here of uh john (laughs) f monocle (laughs) <laughs> industrialist from the 40s <laughs> let's do it again oh no <laughs> yeah so basically um the like head of the langley research institute um needed to fill people in the naca um research center so i guess at this time it was also like a race for space type of deal i don't you think that's the right phrase? <laughs> I mean, it's very close. <laughs> the race for space, yeah. <laughs> it's getting so crowded. <laughs> Let's go with the race for space. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we're also going to call westward expansion when we ever... When we ever <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so it, uh, Dorothy, um, I ended up finding a really cool excerpt from the book Hidden Figures. Um, and I wanted to re- read a little bit, but I won't read like the whole big expert excerpt that I liked. But basically, Dorothy uh, discovered this job by walking by a billboard. Um, and they were, they were hiring like anyone in that they could that had the skills. Uh, his name was Melvin Butler. So he had like these, um, these signs made um, for women and the quote was super funny. Um, 
it was like posted up on college campuses and newspapers is reduce your household duties. Women who are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and do jobs previously filled by men should call the Langley Memorial Aeronautical Laboratory. (laughs) 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 That was uh, what is a job, but a way to reduce your household duties. (laughs) Yeah. You can do other work. Um, granted, it's probably more interesting. Um, but she was either going to like take a job at a laundry service, I think, or she was thinking about this one. Um, so the excerpt is, here I go. I'm starting from the book. Uh, <laughs> there were black jobs and there were good black jobs. Sorting in the laundry, making beds in white folks' houses, stemming in the tobacco plant, those were black jobs. Owning a barbershop or a funeral home, working in the post office, or riding the rails as a Pullman porter, those were good black jobs. Teacher, preacher, doctor, lawyer, now those were very good black jobs, bringing stability and esteem that accompanied formal training. So that spring, Dorothy Vaughn carefully filled out and mailed two job applications, one to work at Camp Pickett, where the need for labor was so great, so differentiated that there was virtually no possibility that they would not hire her. The other much longer application reviewed her qualifications in detail, work history, personal references, schools attended, high school and college, courses taken, grades received, languages spoken, French, foreign travels, none. Would you be willing to accept a position abroad? No. Would you be willing to accept a position in Washington, D.C.? Yes. How soon could you be ready to start work? She knew the answer before her fingers carved it into the blank. 48 hours, she wrote, I can be ready to go within 48 hours. Um, That's when she applied to that job. Um, Excerpt over. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting. If you get the chance, I thought it was really fun reading that. I might actually get the book. I did watch the movie. I think the movie is supposedly somewhat Disney-fied from the reality and all that stuff uh, in some areas. Yeah. So, um, I've I've heard only good things about the book, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually really fun um, reading. So go get it, guys. Uh, how many years later? Four years later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Basically, I guess in 1935, they started hiring more women and men were like, what? And then they were like good at their jobs and they were like, dang it. <laughs> Why do you yeah, have to be so good at this? <laughs> Thanks again for uh, John F. Monocle for his <laughs> contributions. They're like, you know how to do math. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't get out. <laughs> Uh, okay, another quote that I really liked <laughs> was when he started, especially uh, when Melvin Butler started hiring um, black women, uh, he didn't make like any big announcements and he couldn't like hype it up that much because you don't want people to get super upset. Um, and then they were segregated and had to use different bathrooms and dining rooms. Um, and because of all of that, like in the book, they said it was the Trojan horse of segregation opening the door to integration, which is so mm. crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's also one of those things where, yes, it, like, like the federal government, like desegregating mm-hmm. led the way. 
um, mm -hmm. eventually. But it was also like still shitty, even in the federal government, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think somewhere else it was like, we don't know if Melvin was like, he didn't care about race or if he was just like trying to do his job and fill the positions. But either way, he kind of helped open the door for that mm -hmm. kind of change. Um, yeah, uh, basically there was like a team of mathematical calculators for engineers that did aeronautical exper experiments that would eventually um, get men into space. I think her and um, Dorothy and the team, that Mary Jackson and... Uh, Sorry, I just pictured them like in a room with a whiteboard <laughs> that says men in space, question mark. <laughs> Is and that then a bunch of ideas. Like <laughs> slingshots or... Like... Oh Guys, how are we going to get men off of Earth? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the way you said it made it sound like the goal was to get all men in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that was the goal, but they didn't reach it. <laughs> Not yet. We're well, working we on it. Yeah. yeah, still working on it. Uh, Catherine Johnson, that was, um, yeah, they all work together on like computing teams. Um, okay, where am I? I'm reading you guys. I can do this. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. This part was really interesting too. Um, so in 1949, uh, that's when like when Dorothy actually took over as the head. Not took over. She was just assigned as the acting head of the West Area Computers uh, because the original head Blanche sponsor Fitchett died. Uh, <laughs> And I think it was a it was called dementia precox, which later was known as schizophrenia. But uh, oh, like it took someone dying, like they didn't pick her. Um, somebody died, and she was definitely qualified to fill the position. But mm -hmm. it still took two years um, for her boss to make her the actual real head. Um, like she was just the acting head, and they were like looking for other people for two years, and they couldn't find anyone else as good as her so they were like okay hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. um but even though she had to go through all of that um like the discrimination with her gender and race um she campaigned for like all women like she didn't put anyone down um which is so amazing that i mean obviously like a quote is um African-American women needed to work twice as good to get half as far. Um, mm -hmm. And that's super true. And it's kind of still true. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not to that degree, but it's definitely, um, I think something that she took to heart and instead of like pushing people down, she um, pretty much advocated for other women to get raises when they deserved it. And mm -hmm. she um, taught, the women on her team to calculate um, using programming languages so that they could like do mm. the transition when they were going to go to the 704 IBM, the, the computing machine, so that they wouldn't all lose their jobs. And that's like, we're going to save everyone instead of being like, I'm just going to think of myself. 
uh, right exactly and she had to sneak library books in order to teach herself that so that she could teach her colleagues that um because Wait, she had to or, sneak library books yeah because a lot of the library books that she needed were in the wide section of the library i did a, not even know that was a thing to be honest with you yeah yeah me crazy. neither <laughs> um there's like a clip of that that i saw when i was like researching and it's of her like in the library with her two boys and I think she had six kids but in this particular scene um she has two boys with her and though like in the white section and this lady's like peering over the book and she's looking at her suspiciously she's like what are you doing over here and she's like I need to fucking read God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> how would they even make that distinction about which books were like white people books I mean I I think that shows that um certain information was genuinely withheld oh, yeah. to keep people from advancing um, intellectually. Like mm-hmm. she couldn't easily access a book that would make her able to teach a larger group of black women a skill. So well, I think we all know <laughs> that big little lies was in the white section. <laughs> <laughs> little lies. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was in a vault in in the white section. (laughs) (laughs) We have to protect our most treasure. (laughs) Oh my god! Ironically, whenever a book was in Oprah's book club, straight to the white section, (laughs) straight over there. (laughs) This was done intentionally. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind. Um, But she advanced herself and she advanced other women. um, And that's why she's so fucking dope. And I guess in 1958, um, NACA became NASA. And that's when the segregated facilities um, disbanded. So then they technically weren't separated anymore. I don't, I'm sure that it was still complicated, but um, yeah. Yeah, not like there was still like I'm sure de facto yeah. segregation going on. Yeah. But Yeah. Oh, it's just called the space race. <laughs> <laughs> what a payoff. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Gabby, thank you. <laughs> it's in my notes. Uh, okay, I'll wrap up really quick oh, here. Oh, sorry, I thought. Sorry, I almost was. Okay, so she retired after working on a numerous number of projects uh, that got men into space. I think one of them being uh, Project Mercury. Yeah, in Apollo Eleven, uh, she retired in 1971 at the age of 61, um, and then she was just like a pillar in her community um, and church and other activities. And she wrote a song called math math, which I could not find. Oh, damn it. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. What was it called? It's uh, it's math, Andrew math. Yang's campaign song. <laughs> math math. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure. I heard the Dora the Explorer backpack song, uh, but just <laughs> <clears throat> Listeners, if someone can dig up that song I and know. send it. 
Yeah. Or like um, if we can find some sheet music. I don't know if she wrote it down, if it's just lyrics or what, but um I just I want there to be like a Dorothy Vaughn cover band. <laughs> oh, there yeah. oh my god. With I'm sure just that one song and then like whatever else in their repertoire, like Led Zeppelin or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Yeah, we covered Dorothy Vaughn and Bruce Hornsby. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Gabby, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Zach, whenever you're ready with the alternate. Uh, Sure. The beginning of uh, Dorothy Vaughn's life was uh, pretty much as described um, up through, you know, her going to college and all that time. Um, You know, you know, she learned at a young age the way that society, you know, didn't quite acknowledge her or notice her in the same way that a white man with a similar skills would be acknowledged and noticed. And after graduating pre-war, uh, she begins to work on various scientific and mathematical projects of her own. And during uh, World War II, obviously those uh, executive orders from Roosevelt happen and she is hired hired by the defense uh, department and she works in a lab but not just in a lab she also works as a field agent doing spy work against the nazis because she's so good at not being noticed a true <laughs> hidden figure if you will <laughs> who can sneak into any any nazi held territory and brutally dispatch uh, high-ranking officers. She, uh, she works alongside other famous spies like uh, Christopher Lee and James Bond creator Ian Fleming. And years later, Christopher Lee would recount that uh, Vaughn was the true inspiration for James Bond more than anyone else, stating emphatically that James Bond is a black woman. Um, <laughs> Fleming you. was too bigoted to write him that way. Oh my God. Sorry, question. Christopher Lee was a spy? Yes, he was. He was in the same spy organization as Ian Fleming. And a lot of what he did is still classified. There's a story that when they were filming Lord of the Rings, Christopher Lee was told to make the sound you would imagine someone makes when they get stabbed in the back. And he said, I don't have to imagine. Oh my God. Oh my God. Here's the thing. I knew Christopher Lee recorded a couple heavy metal albums. Did not know that, which is an even more metal fact about what? him. Oh my God. Yeah, he was a World War II spy for England. Yeah. Um, did you depict him as a Russian man in that? I don't have to imagine. <laughs> I knew it was did. unintentional, but <laughs> apologies to the estate of Mr. Lee. Okay. Uh, a true badass. Post war. She continues to work um, and ultimately devises her greatest technological feat, the refined invisibility gear, a suit that allows her to become totally invisible at her will. And so she begins her day work at NASA. But again, she is not acknowledged or given the time of day that her white colleagues are, but she's dedicated to the cause. So often she would come in in her invisibility suit in the night and leave full mathematical proofs or entire pieces of technology there, goodwill hunting style, to be found the next day. <laughs> and the moves- I was worried because I thought it was going to go into a full goodwill hunting like riff, basically. Oh, no. I'm glad you didn't. So the moon landing is approaching, and suddenly Vaughn stops showing up to work. Um, and on the day of the landing, 
the televised uh, version of the landing shows Armstrong. People noticed Armstrong's strange gait and a brief stutter, uh, as he said, one small step for man, uh, which causes a great deal of conspiracy theories. But the truth is Vaughn had stowed away on the Apollo 11 mission, rushing past Armstrong to be the first person to set foot on the moon. (laughs) Years later, there's, there is, this is true, a, a crater named on the moon named after Dorothy Vaughn, and it is named such because scientists saw through advanced telescopes many years later, the uh, still written in the sand there, DV was here. Um, <laughs> and so I had no choice but to name it after Dorothy Vaughn. <laughs> uh, I love me she, some moon vandalism. I, yeah. I do love that. Well, it's easy because there's no wind, so it just stays. You just write it in the sand. There's no wind. There's no cops. It's <laughs> great. Yep. Perfect. The perfect crime vandalizing the moon. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you, Dad. <laughs> You just have um, to hope your dad has a high-powered telescope yeah. Yeah. and a lot of patience. Uh, so Vaughn eventually retires, but she finds life after her adventures listless. Um, she finds her old hometown kind of dull after, you know, going out to space and fighting Nazis and all of this amazing stuff. So she decides to write about her adventures. Uh, she writes... Um, a book called There and Back Again, Dorothy's Tale, about her exploits. <laughs> and uh, she tends to a cousin of hers, so she had taken a fondness towards and who uh, herself was uh, gifted at math. Um, now, it is widely believed she died at the age of 98, but what actually happened was, on Dorothy's 99th birthday, she decided she needed a new adventure. So she gathers her whole town for a large party. And after dissing them uh, on stage, she vanishes in front of everyone's eyes. Uh, she leaves the refined invisibility gear or ring to her cousin Frodo Vaughn at the request oh of her friend, Ian McKellen. Where she is now? Just, just Ian McKellen. Not- oh Ian McKellen. Uh, it's not clear where she is now, but some say she went to the Grey Havens, a.k.a. a base she built on the moon. <laughs> wow. Uh, I do love how that incorporated both uh, Saruman <laughs> and Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the Lord of the Rings twist. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the true story of Dorothy Vaughn and yeah. And her invisibility ring. Wow. <laughs> Zach, thank you. Suit? Yep. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a suit, but it was called the refined invisibility gear or ring. Yeah, or so ring. There you go. <laughs> oh God. Um, sorry. So listeners, before we move on, uh, definitely as always, please review this podcast, a written review on your podcast service of choice, uh, because it is, uh, helpful. It puts more butts in the seats, uh, mm-hmm. listening to us. <laughs> um, and we, we like those butts in those seats. Um, we like the seats. We like the butts. <laughs> Yeah, just the butts. I don't like the seats. I just like the butts. We had to skimp on the seats a little bit. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) They're less seats and more sort of just cushions. We're trying to get those AMC seats, but we love the butts in them, every one of them. (laughs) You know what? Whatever the seat, the butt in that seat is valuable. Um, (laughs) What? Anyway. uh, Also, hey, tell your friends about the show. Uh, Tell your enemies about the show. Um, Tell your frenemies about the show. Losing my mind. Uh, mentioned Patreon. 
just reiterate, if you can, please, I encourage you to uh, throw a little bit of money towards us. It's really helpful, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, as always, you can ask us a question, leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com, or uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Revisionist Podcast. All right. Um, so we usually do plugs. Here. It's going to be a real graveyard in the plug section for a while. <laughs> um, uh, Gabby, did you want to talk about anything? Um, um, like uh, things that I do. Yeah, social media. Yeah, um, um, that's all I'm doing right now because there's no such thing as live performance anymore. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I use all of the social media things i have a facebook i have an instagram which is at shishkabab s-h-i-s-h-g-a-b-a-b uh and that's my twitter handle and i also have a website uh gabbygr.com which has videos and like some sketches i've been in Uh, i think Mm -hmm. the most recent adventure that i think i'm gonna go on is uh, starting a, a vlog series called adventures of a failed vlogger because i don't think that i'll adapt in this time um, <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna try to make good content and put it out there for people to relate to so nice look out Perfect. um i will uh say that uh, the Little Women Project that former guest of the podcast and my current girlfriend Shannon Camp is working on is um, <laughs> sorry the, use of the word current in there. <laughs> Where's your ex girlfriend? That's what I'm wondering. Time only God knows. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, her Little Women Project that she's been working on for some time is nearing its end. There's only a couple episodes left. I play the lori part in that uh, audio modernization um and you can get the whole back catalog and the last few episodes wherever podcasts is perfect um uh, as for me listeners um look for some of my writing in westward westward.com that's uh w e s t w o r d there's a little twist in there um <laughs> And you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at apparently Brian on both of those. Um, also, I'll plug donating blood. Um, it's something you could do right now. Um, and it's really helpful and a lot of people need it. Um, and, and also, I think that... Uh... Yeah, it's a great thing to do. Uh, and also, if you could provide any, like, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of causes for probably producing respirator, money for pr- producing respirators or mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. local hospitals or service workers. I'm sure that's all going to be very good yes. cause. Only slightly less noble than donating to our Patreon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the meantime, you can find me and probably Brian and Gabby at home all the time. <laughs> Brian, yeah, can, I, can I plug one more thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know when this will come out, but I know Megan DePonso is um, getting a lot of people donating meals in Denver at her restaurant, uh, Wide Right. And mm-hmm. it's really cool that... Um, if you really need it, you can get a free meal or some free meals at Wine Right. Or you can also donate to help them um, give meals to people who can't afford it. 
That's mm-hmm. Wide Right. Um, you can find them on Facebook for more information. Uh, just search mm-hmm. Wide Right Denver, I think. Um, but yes, thank you for mentioning that. Um, so that brings us to uh, Judgment. And um, I got to say, I, um, I, love, I love Dorothy Vaughn's story. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things also, because this is our most recent like section of history we've ever covered. So it feels very near mm. uh, for a lot of them. Uh, having Catherine Johnson, another person involved in the same project, just passed away. Yeah. For a um, reference, Dorothy Vaughn passed away in 2008, or I should say disappeared from her birthday party in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not to tease uh, future episode topics in this section, um, I like the idea of having a stowaway Dorothy Vaughn on <laughs> Apollo 11 uh, when we maybe talk about the moon landing at some point. <laughs> so I'm going to cast my vote uh, for the alternate history. Uh, but uh, voting is now open to Patreon supporters. Um, and check out the Instagram on Wednesday next week um, for more voting action then. Uh <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I've not left the house in the last few days. Um, But uh, Gabby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Zach, thank you also. Of course. Yep. Thanks, Gabby. Uh, For everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Have a good time. Being isolated. Stay home. Please stay home. Wash your hands. All the stuff everybody's told you to do a million times. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 March 21st. Happy birthday to Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Make a wish and blow out the rainforest. March 21st, 1800. On the run from war in Rome... Pope Pius VII is crowned with a temporary tiara made from papier-mâché. Uh, <laughs> said that real <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> March 21st, 1800. On the run from war in Rome, Pope Pius VII is crowned with a temporary t- tiara made from papier-mâché and a now-lost macaroni crucifix. March 21st, 1925. Tennessee outlaws the teaching of evolution. They later modified their curriculum to say abstinence is the only way to prevent evolution. Okay, that's all I got. Okay. March 21st, 1945. Operation Carthage. Royal Air Force planes bomb Gestapo headquarters in Copenhagen, Denmark. They also accidentally hit a school, killing 125 civilians, causing Churchill to coin his famous phrase, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. March 21st, 2006. In what some call the greatest setback for women and minorities in the 21st century, the social media website Twitter is founded.